What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Monday, November 16th, 2020. Uh, a little bit of news broke from J.P. Morosi coming out of Tigers camp. He was reporting that the Tigers have sh- have started to show interest in starting pitcher Taewon Walker. Uh, I called this. Now, they haven't signed him yet, but a couple weeks ago in the mailbag show, I got a question that asked, who are three free agents that I think the Tigers will sign? It wasn't who do I want them to sign, it's who I think they will sign. And one of the ones I said was Taewon Walker. You know, you're already seeing some people kind of turn their nose up at this. The projected contract that Taewon Walker uh, would get would be two years $14 million, so $7 million a year, and some people saw that and said, ah, come on, another short-term guy for a team that continues to be rebuilding. You know, I think to do that on a case-by-case basis is is not the smartest because you could do that with, any, with 90% of signings, and you would say, oh, man, they're being cheap again. Most signings are fairly cheap. Like, it's only one or two a year, and that's if you're a big high-market team that's really going for it. That's going to be a, a big-time uh, free agent signing. Yes, I, I think this season or this offseason will be considered a failure if they don't uh, dish out some cash to sign a, a Springer. I don't think that'll happen. Or to, or to sign a Ria Muto or to sign a DJ LeMahieu. But on its own, Taewon Walker here, I don't think would be a bad signing. And I think the, the look of it is a lot better. I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot more optimistic about Taewon Walker here than I would about Francisco Liriano or I would about Matt Moore or even Mike Fires as good as he was in Detroit. He pitched some good baseball, but, and the biggest reason for that is the age. You know, Francisco Liriano had a lot of city miles on him when he came to Detroit. Same with Matt Moore. And those guys went through a lot of injuries and Taewon Walker has gone through a lot of injuries as well. But 28 years old, we saw this year that the stuff is good. You get a pitching coach the caliber of Chris Fetter. You could really do something with him. And I would like a two-year deal. I think that would be a smart smart idea because it's going to go one of two ways. You know, Either uh, he turns this around and the Tigers turn this around and they're competitive and you can keep him into next season. Or if he pitches some good baseball and the team is still in the basement, uh, he becomes really intriguing trade bait. Because we've seen, I think it's one of the big failures of the Alavila era so far, w- the big mistake that they've fallen into several times is that they have these players players who are playing good baseball for them potentially, like Fires, like J.D. Martinez, but when you only sign these guys to one-year deals, it's shown that the return you get in trades, it's not much. I think a two-year deal for someone like Taewon Walker would make him a more appealing trade piece, and if you don't want to trade him and he's here, then hopefully he'll pitch some good baseball for you. He was he was pretty solid last year. Now, look, there's a lot of question marks with him. There's going to be a lot of question marks probably with whoever the Tigers sign, especially those cheap signings, but I'd be more optimistic about Taewon Walker here than a lot of other pitchers on the market, not including you know someone like a Bauer, because I I think the guy's got good stuff. I think he's still relatively young. Maybe that the arm is probably aged a bit more than the rest of them because of the injuries. But uh, I think that that could be a signing I, I'd I'd be down for. Now, if Taewon Walker is the big piece of the Tigers 2020 slash 2021 offseason, then yeah, it's it's going to look bad, and, and we'll, we'll look back at this and say, wow, Chris Illich being cheap again. But if you complement that signing with several other guys who can who can fill a roster spot and play some good baseball for you, I think it could be the beginning of what is a solid offseason. I'd be totally fine with it, to be honest with you. Watch, they'll sign him now and he'll suck and I'll look like an idiot, but you know, what else is new? Uh, some other news came out of Tigers camp. Jamer Candelario announced as the Detroit Tiger 
of the year. No surprise here. Well-deserved. Unlike last season, and I, I can't even remember, I think it was Miggy who won Tiger of the Year in 2019. That was one they should have left an empty trophy case because there was no one who really emerged as a legitimately solid option. The only one you could have given it to by the end of that season. I mean, you could have given it to Green. You could have given it to Castellanos, but they were traded. We're talking about guys who are here by the end of the year. Not a whole lot of guys that you could have given that award to. Here, you had several guys this season. In fairness, as bad as they were, as boring as they were, you had several guys on that team who who played good seasons of baseball. They really did. You could have gone with Scope. I'm sure the injuries kind of down the stretch really derailed him from potentially winning this award. You could have given it to one of the relievers like Brian Garcia. You could have maybe, if you were looking to give it to a starting pitcher, given it to Spencer Turnbull, but they gave it to the right guy. And this is this is a really wonderful resurgence and a really wonderful turnaround. And one thing I've said for a long time is that as bad as the Avila era has been, as bad as Illich has been, they've caught a lot of bad breaks. They have. There's been a lot of guys who have got here that people were high on who turned out to be duds. Now you make your own luck. I, I think the the player development in the major leagues of guys like Kristen Stewart has been, and Joe Jimenez as well, has been truly pitiful. But at a certain point, when you've had so many that have fallen short, there does, there does come a time in which you're like, okay, you know, one of these guys has to break out. Finally, in 2020 after an abysmal start. I mean, Jamer Candelario looked done. It looked like they were about to release him and let Harold Castro play third base slash first base. He emerged, and he had a really good season. He he improved a lot defensively, but athleticism and defense was not really an issue with him. He'd improved in those areas over the previous several seasons. The issue with him had been offensive consistency, and he found that in 2020. It's a shame we didn't get a chance to see this to the very end, and that's that's always going to be the stipulation. You know, a guy like this who had technically a resurgent year there's always going to be that thought in the back of your head like okay did he deserve this was this legit was 60 games was it just a fluke but I'm I don't think he'll ever reach the heights that he reached at, at a point this season but I think you look at the advanced numbers and you look at the amount of pitches he saw you look at exit velocity this was a guy seeing the ball with a whole lot of confidence and I do think a, a part of that will carry over into 2021 I'm really happy for Jamer Candelario he deserved it it's it's about time that one of these key trade pieces uh, turn out to actually be something and I thought he had he had an excellent season this year Jamer Candelario your 2020 Detroit Tiger of the year so that will do it for Tigers news when I get back here in segment number two we're going to talk about what was a historical hire that went down in South Beach in Miami with the Marlins we will be right back the improved built bar is even more deliciouser 18 amazing flavors six new flavors 12 other original flavors bars are covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew and built bars are healthy built bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for the keto diet go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in on this Monday. On Friday, right uh, before, I think, or maybe right after I uploaded Friday's podcast, the Miami Marlins uh, made a bombshell announcement. They announced that they had hired, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I've looked it up at several different videos. Kim Ng, the first woman to ever be hired as the GM of a major professional sports team and definitely the first in baseball history. This is a wonderful story. And one thing that is cool about this, there's several things obviously that are cool and and historic about this hire. But 
I, I thought for sure we'd see a lot more people on social media ripping this and talking, oh, it's a, it's a PR stunt, it's Derek Jeter being woke, yada, yada. Pretty much unanimously, everyone said, okay, this woman is qualified for this job, overly qualified for this job. She deserves it, and she does. What makes this hire so cool is not just the fact that it happened, even though that's pretty awesome as well. What makes it cool is that she's overly qualified for this, I think she's going to do a great job, quite honestly. And, and congratulations to her. This is a long time running. She's been in baseball for a long time. I'm looking at her Wikipedia page right now. 51 years old from Indianapolis. She was an assistant director of baseball operations for the White Sox from 1990 to 1996. She was an assistant general manager for the New York Yankees from 1998 to 2001. I mean, the golden age of New York Yankees baseball. I know they won the World Series in 96 as well, but from 98 to 2000, they won three straight World Series, lost in seven games. Uh, in the Luis Gonzalez uh, walk-off single in the 2001 World Series in Game 7. She was an assistant general manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers from 2002 to 2011. And now the general manager of the Miami Marlins in 2020. This is a woman with three World Series. Ranks. I mean, that's a really impressive resume. I'm sure when she worked for the Yankees, that's where she met Derek Jeter. And there's too many awesome things about this. It's been a long time coming. I mean, we've been around so long and we've seen so many women who know sports, who cover sports, who are extremely knowledgeable about sports. And it really was kind of sad that we've not gotten to a point where a woman had been given the opportunity to be a GM for a major sports team. Well, that opportunity just arose. And I really, if I thought she was unqualified, I would come, I really, I would come on here and say, Hey, it's a great hire. It's a historic hire, but I kind of have my doubts about where it's going. I don't. She is as qualified as any GM that got hired here. Like, I think Derek Jeter made a really smart move here. And Jeter would not have done this unless he truly believed in her because that's a guy who, when he got here, was kind of on the hot seat. And let's talk about the Miami Marlins here just as an entity for a second. You know, they, they suffered that ultimate tragedy in 2016, and that was kind of the beginning of the end when Jose Fernandez passed away and then he came in there and they dismantled the team following 2017 and people hated him and for a minute there it looked like he was running them into the ground I think a lot of the anger the vitriol was a little bit over the top and they piled on him because Derek Jeter wonderful player clean player didn't really do anything to disparage the game one of the most successful players of all time there is something that a lot of people not myself but a lot of people find fun about seeing a guy who's basically know nothing but success, fail. The problem is, he's figured it out. He's not failing. That That's a team with a, a loaded farm system. Like, Kim Ng is inheriting a really good situation. They've got a loaded farm system. They made the playoffs this year and won a playoff series. Like, there's an actual core there. And unlike previous Miami Marlins slash Florida Marlins regimes... They're going to spend money at some point. Derek Jeter is a rich man, and he wants to win. I think they have some players in that farm system that are going to come up and, and contribute quite a bit. 6'2 Sanchez was called up this year, just one of the most electric arms that we've seen in baseball here in a minute. I know I've kind of been skeptical about Don Mattingly as a manager, but just one manager of the year, so you can't really knock him right now. They had a pretty improbable run in the wake of a, a huge COVID outbreak in the middle of the season. Uh, that's a team that's actually building to something. Like I know for a long time when Jeff Loria was there, People always kind of rolled their eyes and said, ah, that Marlins team, yeah, they won two World Series, but they, they kind of did them on accident and they dismantled the team. Uh, the culture's changing there, and I think you, you can hate the guy all you want, especially if you're a fan of an opposing team, but Derek Jeter is doing a pretty good job there. He's making a lot of difficult decisions, and I understood why people hated him at when he dismantled the team in 2017. I understood why people were angry, but 
at the same time, as talented as they were, the writing was already on the wall. It was on the wall before they lost Jose Fernandez, and he passed away in that tragedy, but it was even more so on the wall afterwards because the next year, they traded away Chris Paddock and Luis Castillo. I mean, the 2019 Miami Marlins, and Ken Rosenthal wrote a great piece on this, would have been a team if they wouldn't have traded Paddock, if they wouldn't have traded Luis Castillo, if Jose Fernandez wouldn't have passed away, would have been one of the greatest baseball teams that never was. You know, it, it's like, the, I think Jeter saw the writing on the wall. He's pulled the right strings. They have a farm system that I believe has five or six of the top 100 prospects. They had a solid run in the postseason this year. It's going to take time. Like, what they did this year, I do not think is a reflection of how good the team is going to be in 2020. I mean, their the run differential was pretty ugly. Didn't they They lost a game, what, like 30-9 to at one point this year to the Braves, the team that ultimately swept them out of the postseason. But I think they're officially becoming kind of dangerous. Difficult division. The Braves are going to own that for at least another year or two. Nats aren't going to stop, you know, pursuing championships. The Mets with Steve Cohen look like they're going to be dangerous here in a few years. But a, a historic hire, a cool hire, a, a cool moment to me for baseball. And people are, I, I'm sure I'm going to get some backlash for this because people are going to say that I'm making this into some sort of political statement. It's not. I, and again, even what I'm about to say, people are going to try to twist into a political statement. I believe in inclusion. I believe that if you are someone who is qualified for a job, no matter your race, gender, you know, whatever, uh, you should be allowed to have that job. And I think there's probably been a whole lot of women over the last several decades who probably should have had the opportunity to to lead a baseball team or, or you know, be the GM for a baseball team and haven't been given that opportunity. I uh, Kim Ng just broke through that glass ceiling, and I look forward to seeing where they go from here. I really hope she's successful. I, I honestly do, because if she is, it'll be a hire that is not just historic, but correct. It's like you hate to make this comparison, but I think it's it's a little bit apropos. Jackie Robinson simply being called up to the major leagues was an all-time moment, not just for baseball, but for America. But what made his impact so everlasting was his character and how he played the game, and how successful he was at the game. I really hope Kim Ng has uh, a similar kind of uh, transcendent tenure with the Miami Marlins. I'm rooting for her. I think all of baseball should be rooting for her. I think it's a, it's a really cool story. So that will do it for today's show, probably a shorter show than usual. You can follow me on Twitter, at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0. One four. I mean, I don't or or don't because I'm not going to be tweeting a whole lot. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, please go to Apple Podcasts. Please go to iTunes. Leave a five star written positive review of this podcast. Got another one recently. Let's get those up. And I, I it means a lot, but I also feel like kind of crappy because I, 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 I sometimes I feel like those one star reviews are more more accurate, and that that pains me. And I'm just I'm trying to do the best I can to get this thing right and give you the best product possible. But if you enjoy this, if you if you really care about what I'm doing here, if you like what I'm doing here, leave that five star review. It would mean a lot. No, I've been rambling a little bit today. Got a lot on my mind, so that will do it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and sticking with me. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. <laughs>